Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome back. So there's a few different topics that I want to get to today, and I want to start off with the one that I mentioned in the title of this video, uh, talking about precious metals essentially not being a scam. And the reason I want to bring this up is because of yet another case of, of really sleazy salesmen uh, essentially conducting a scam involving precious metals. This one had to do with a, a company called Chase Metals, which was part of metals.com. And basically what they did is, is first of all, they targeted uh, a certain population, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with ad targeting. They targeted older, generally retired, conservative individuals. Okay. But then where it gets kind of weird is, is they target them with Facebook ads. And when you click on these ads, <clears throat> it gives it, they, they attempt to give these ads a sense of legitimacy by, by making them appear as though they're endorsed by or part of, of Fox News, and, and they're not. But basically, what what they essentially sell these, these individuals on when it comes to precious metals, they're trying to sell silver mostly, is a lot of the same things that we talk about, very legitimate reasons to buy silver and gold. Uh, essentially, a, a collapse of the dollar, a hedge against other markets, on and on and on. However, where the real scam comes in is that they they talk these individuals into buying these, oftentimes through through a sort of a, a self-directed uh, gold and silver IRA. <clears throat> and then they what they do is they convince these individuals to to buy a specific type of coin or coins, generally government minted coins, <clears throat> at at a far too high value. So in the case of this story, they were talking about uh, some some various Canadian minted coins. Uh, I think they were talking about like one and a half ounce silver coins, which carry a, a, a decent premium, maybe a few dollars per ounce. These were like polar bear coins. And these individuals are buying thousands of them through this self-directed IRA. But they're buying them through this firm at a, a grossly inflated value. Right, so what would you pay for a one and a half ounce Canadian coin, assuming it was just BU, it wasn't graded or or slabbed or anything like that? You'd, you'd pay, um, you know, a little over an ounce and a half worth of silver. So so an ounce of silver, seventeen dollars. So maybe twenty five, twenty six dollars plus a couple dollars, maybe twenty nine, maybe thirty tops. Well, they were charging them upwards of fifty dollars. Right, and this isn't an uncommon scheme. Apparently, this this happens from time to time. And I think the the real bummer about it is, first of all, a lot of these individuals that that would be big believers in silver and gold and and whatnot are, are really missing out. I think a lot of these people are going to be end up ending up disillusioned. Right, there's stories of these people having to basically sell this silver, sell this gold because they're so far underwater on it. You're never going to recover that investment unless silver and gold go up uh, immensely. But still, you're losing out. You could have bought twice as much silver otherwise, right? 
But the second real bummer about this is that I think it gives a lot of bad attention to to silver and gold stack in the first place, which I think is a pretty honorable thing to do, a, a pretty cool thing to do. And and I think a lot of us are doing it for all the right reasons. It's it's sort of um, gives us a bad name when you see these these scam artists essentially come in looking for quick buck, uh, uh, and, and and essentially scamming uh, older individuals out of their money. And what what is really a bummer about this is that when it's all said and done, you know if you're looking across the the marketplace at all these different assets that an individual at, at 65 years old can use to save for retirement it certainly would seem that silver and gold are at the bottom of the list in terms of what could be classified as as a scam or or in some way overvalued or just a bad investment right instead what you see is you see these individuals uh, largely holding their retirement in in stocks and bonds Right there's there's a bit of other whether it's their pension fund or through their own various uh, investment funds they they can they can be in private equity they can be in commercial bonds they can be in real estate all of that but as a whole if if you're looking at an asset class that is pumped day in and day out by the mainstream media CNBC Bloomberg etc uh, an asset class that is valued far higher than it should be, an asset class that is largely benefiting from from uh, manipulated fundamentals like like buyback programs and, and, and liquidity injections and, and credit growth. Uh, that's, that's stocks, right? And to some extent, bonds are, are in that same category. Uh, you can call it buyback programs, what the Fed is doing, sort of a buyback program, Right that's what stocks and bonds are. And yet nobody talks about them being a fraud, a scam, or anything like that. Uh, financial advisors have no problem suggesting those. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't ever buy silver or don't ever buy stocks and bonds or never own them. What I'm saying is that the same questions that are raised about silver and gold, about volatility, their long-term um, feasibility, etc., are never raised about the assets that are held by, by the the vast majority of, of soon-to-be retirees or retirees, and that's stocks and bonds. So moving on, the other thing I wanted to talk about quickly before I, I, I wrap up uh, talking about China is is this Epstein business. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not at all ashamed to say that, that I don't think Af- uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein killed himself. Um, I think the, the, uh, the circumstances are suspicious, to say the least. I mean, this is something that people joked about beforehand, that, that <laughs> this guy's going to end up dead, whether it's the Clintons or the dozens of other people that are probably caught in his web of, of pedophilia and, and, and everything else that, that went on on the, what, the Lolita Express and his private island and all that. Um, it's probably going to happen. And then it did, right? I mean, you have to understand that for the time that Jeffrey Epstein was in prison, there's an argument to be made that he was one of, if not the highest profile prisoner, not only in the United States, but the world, right? Not to say that there aren't other high profile prisoners, but there was, I can only think of one other prisoner around the world whose life and, and, and the integrity of, of their life, keeping them alive, 
would be as important as Jeffrey Epstein, and that would be Julian Assange, who's currently being held in, in the UK. I've actually said that in the past about the US, but but he is in the UK right now, being held there. Other than that, I can't think of another person that, that is that vital to, to an investigation, to potentially unraveling some some major truths about government or or, or powerful individuals, etc. And yet he was killed. Or he died. We'll just say he died. And so what's great is is that the FBI is treating this as a, a uh, criminal matter that they are putting, uh, they are invest, uh, investigating uh, the, the Epstein death. What I want to see from this is right now, but mostly they're, they're focusing on the, the prison guards, which is understandable. Obviously, they were negligent, if not uh, complicit in the murder. What I hope is that if those guards were not just totally negligent and that they were being paid or otherwise uh, um, bribed, threatened by, by somebody else, that these charges against them are done with the intent of not just throwing them in jail. Who cares about the guards, honestly? Yeah, they were negligent. But, but that's, like, that's like putting Jeffrey Epstein in jail um, and, and not continuing that investigation. Right, people didn't care about Epstein solely because of his own acts, his own sins, whatever you want to call them. They cared about him because of the connections he had, whether it was Bill Clinton or Prince Andrew or whatever other wealthy, uh, famous individual. And so, I hope that these charges are leading to actual uh, uh, further investigation, and and that these guards, if they are connected to a criminal enterprise or to individuals that, that wanted Epstein dead, that they will ultimately speak up uh, now that they're, they're basically being investigated by the FBI. The final thing I wanted to talk about was China. Uh, uh, now, I've said for a long time that this China deal is not going to happen. And it hasn't. You know, For the most part, I've been right in that. Despite the fact that, that it's continuously being used... Uh, article after article, headline after headline to, to pump up the stock market, it's not likely to happen. And I've said for a long time that that's the case because there's so much more to this than just a trade deal and, and, and this business with Huawei and IP infringement and all that. Uh, U.S.-China relations go much deeper than that. And, and what we have to take into consideration are situations Sorry, situations like Hong Kong, North Korea, uh, Taiwan, etc. And and like it's been the case for, for several months now, none of those issues have at all been resolved. North Korea, for the most part, is back on the path towards uh, um, trying to, to provoke the United States, or at least provoke, uh, get attention, right? Lobbing some missiles into the ocean testing missiles, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see some ICBM tests or or um, uh, nuclear under, underground tests pretty soon here from North Korea. Taiwan, none of that has been resolved. I mean, China recently sailed their, their carrier strike group in, in the strait between Taiwan and, and China. The U.S. continues to sail ships there. And, of course, there's Hong Kong, uh, where uh, the, the PLA, China's army, is finally... 
um, becoming more active. China's recently cracking down on, on a whole bunch of university students within the city. And, and the Senate here in the United States actually publicly passed something to condemn the action in Hong Kong. I mean, good for them. It's, it's not a whole lot of action, but it's something. And China is, is actually pretty upset about that, right? And, and, and they're basically saying now they're, they're prepared for the worst case scenario. If, if we don't allow them to, to uh, basically do what they want with, with uh, Hong Kong, then they're going to, I don't know, pull out of any trade deal talks or whatever. I think the chance for a shock with this trade deal uh, to the downside because of Trump and student tariffs, because of China completely pulling out of talks, and the whole thing falling apart as it should have weeks and weeks ago, is much, much higher than somehow this getting worked out. You know, as other people have said, including Peter Schiff, why would they work it out? Right now, continuously talking about a trade deal is great for the markets. That's going to change eventually. The markets are going to care less and less over time. But ultimately, I don't think that this trade deal maybe was ever meant to be worked out. So I, it's markets, the media are so distracted by this, so caught up in this. And I think they're missing a lot of big picture items, uh, economic and otherwise, that are much, much more important. The Federal Reserve and, and their actions over the last couple of months, those are much, much more important than what's going on with this trade deal, even if it were to pass, which I don't think it will. And so that's ultimately where I see things heading. I think stocks are obviously going to move down because of that. The yuan's going to move down. Precious metals are going to move to the upside. Um, it's just a matter of time. And I think I wouldn't at all be surprised to see it fall apart by the end of the year. Maybe they'll string us along or we'll string them along until January or February. But but ultimately, it's not going to happen. And I think I wouldn't at all be surprised to see the stock market gift back all these gains and then some because markets finally realize this trade deal is never going to happen. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.